You're probably familiar with the healthy habits you need to adopt to live longer, but there's a sneaky habit that takes years off of your life. Some experts have gone so far as to calling it the new smoking. And we're gonna be really bold here and say you're probably doing it. What is it? Let's find out. Today's episode, Carolyn, was born from an article that you were working on mm-hmm. that as we started talking about it, the statistics were so compelling, so compelling that I think I had to pick my job off the floor. Yes. Yeah, so I wrote this article for Eating Well. It was the number one habit to live a longer life. Is that the exact title? I don't remember I if that's something the exact, close to that. It's something along those but lines. The number yeah. one habit you need to do to live longer or for longevity. I didn't even know it had been published till you told me it was out and it was doing really well. And it dawned on me, you know, I really found this information really compelling and there's a whole mental wellness side to it that I didn't even share in the article. Yes. And so it was like, oh, not just us who nerd out over this stuff find this information compelling. Yeah. And like you said, there's a, there's a mental health component. This, and this is, so it's the most important habit you need to break to live longer. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that pretty much every single person listening to this, including myself and you, yes. is needs to break the ha- this habit or yes. get better at it. Get, yes. Guilty. I'm guilty. Like, all I can think about now it, when I'm doing when I'm this working, thing. doing this thing is... Oh my gosh, I gotta stop doing this thing. Um, yeah, I've, I've gotta stop. Yeah, I've gotta rewire my brain. Yeah. Okay, so what is it? The most important health habit, if you want to live longer, is to stop sitting for long periods each day or break those long periods up with some kind of movement. Yes. And I thought, you know, I've always considered myself an active person, so mm-hmm. I've never really worried. About Same. sitting all day. My job, no matter what I'm doing for the past 20 years, is usually sitting. But I've always been active. used to be a lot more active than I was now. So I was working out, and I didn't really worry about sitting all day. But I do usually sit about six to eight hours a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Straight. So the statistics were really quite fascinating, uh-huh. I thought, at least. So 81% of U.S. adults sit for four hours or more each day. Mm-hmm. And then of those, 26% sit for eight hours or more. Mm -hmm. Do you know if those were unbroken time periods? I think for the most part. I mean, it may include like getting up to go to the bathroom, getting a drink. Yeah. But no, um, nothing more than like just doing something to return to your sitting position. Small movements. Okay. Yeah. And then this one was the one where you really got me, where you said that, where, where you saw that altogether sitting time makes up over half of most adults' waking hours. Yeah. And so then I remember I asked you, I was like, okay, well, what counts as sitting time? Because you were also like, well, wait until I tell you. Yeah. What counts? Yeah. So it includes any activities performed in a seated or reclined position that require little energy expenditure, such as working at your laptop. Okay, I'd expect that. Yeah, and watching TV and playing video games. You'd also expect that. Yes. But driving or riding in a car. Clearly sitting, but I never, ever think of that. Eating a meal. That's just depressing. Yeah, so those little things, if you think, once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh my gosh, 
I'm, unless I am moving mm-hmm. to go somewhere, do something, I am usually sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So the big issue with sitting for, you know, long periods of the day is that it's associated with an increased risk of early death. And it's because it increases your risk for so many other conditions yes. that we'll get that to. That will eventually kill yeah. you. Yeah. So a 2021 study had some really compelling statistics. They found that sitting for eight hours or more a day reduced your lifespan by two to four years. That that These are the statistics that kind of got me. The other figure, was, or the other one from the same study was that this figure jumped to eight years off your lifespan when it was coupled with physical inactivity. So I think this is one important thing I want to point out is sitting time and physical activity time are two completely separate variables. Yes. So your sitting time, um, so like your physical, you you can sit for a long period of time. You can have excessive sitting and be physically active. Which I would put us both in that category. Yeah. Or you can sit for long periods of time and be physically inactive. So the physical activity is talking about the recommendations, you know, at least, what is it, 150 minutes a week? Yes. That kind of Moderate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that kind of shocked me a little. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look at the fact of like, okay, well, if I'm, if my lifestyle right now is probably falls into the category of shortening it by two to four years, because I'm active, but yes, I still sit for excessive periods of time. Yeah. And then it jumps to eight years in people who are not active. So plus then you also have all of the repercussions of just generally not being active. Yeah. Right. Right. <sighs> okay. So explain to us why sitting is so bad. Like what is happening in the body that is – problematic yeah so first of all this does not mean you can never sit again yeah but what most of the research pointed to is that when you sit for 30 minutes or longer at a time um what they what they attribute the health effects to is first you've got diminished blood flow and muscle activity when you sit for 30 minutes or longer you don't have you know your body's not moving right um and so as you sit circulation slows and blood begins to pool in the lower limbs this leads to a temporary stiffening of the blood vessels and increases blood pressure yeah so anytime the blood vessels stiffen yeah that automatically increases blood pressure yeah because they don't have the flexibility that they need to have to keep your blood pressure what it should be right and your to make it worse your blood's pooling because your legs are on the floor so it's you've got even it's got to do even more work to get that blood up up back up to the heart which does i know that at one point when you were working on the article we talked about whether or not like having a standing desk was the solution Mm -hmm. and what i remember you saying was that it might help, but it's not overly compelling because you're not really moving. Like you're still having the same effect of circulation show- slowing because you're just standing. Right. You're still not yeah. moving. Yeah. I mean, I think from a posture, from a back, uh, you know, neck. As um, I sit up yeah, straighter you, in my chair. <laughs> roll my um, I think back. standing could be better. But what was interesting is 
the studies looking at standing desks weren't that weren't showing that the effects were significantly diminished when you stood rather than sat. So we'll talk about something that will. Okay, great. Okay. All right, go ahead. So, so. Um, circulation slows, blood begins to pull, um, blood pressure goes up. So you've got all that from a cardiovascular standpoint. Yes. Now, you've also got um, glucose, insulin, and triglyceride levels increasing. And this is because, because you're not moving, your muscles, um, particularly like your lower body muscles, which are your bigger ones that use a lot of glucose, you have extra glucose in the bloodstream and insulin. Um, and then also triglycerides um, that have been released for energy too. So those levels increase. So over time, all of this promotes the development of heart disease. And all those, you know, stroke, heart attack, all that kind of stuff. Development of insulin resistance, diabetes, and my favorite, it all goes back to systemic inflammation. It does. Yeah. It really, really does. You're starting to believe me now. I No, no, I believed you before. I want to be very clear yeah. on that. But, and now it's just become like a joke. Maybe yeah. like listeners probably don't know it yet, but it's become a joke that anytime the concept of like, oh, and this promotes systemic or chronic inflammation Les and I are both like <clears throat> Carolyn <clears throat> I wasn't going to include it in the article but then the research started saying it so I was like you have it's to it's not just me wanting to include it yeah so but so that's physical health and um we'll talk in a second about what you can do because we can't walk around all day no. Yeah, some of the recommendations again. some of the recommendations that like or I should say some of what research studies found that was beneficial. I mean, I literally laughed out loud yeah. when I read it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but but what about mental health or mental wellness? Does sitting time have an effect on your mental wellness? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, those same effects with the slowing of circulation and with the slowing of circulation, then you have less oxygen being circulated. And then the buildup of glucose in the bloodstream, that same stuff happens in the brain. So, And there's <clears throat> inflammation. Yeah. So first of all, great, a greater amount of time spent sitting or sedentary is associated with depression, anxiety, and a lower quality of life. Now, we don't know as much here, but research, like I said, suggests that these mental health effects are, are coming from the same cardiovascular metabolic changes um, that I mentioned um, earlier. Um, there's also strong evidence that physical activity is an effective strategy in reducing anxiety, depression, and negative mood. I mean, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Personally, I can vouch for that. But in addition, you know, maybe you don't have anxiety or depression. Um, it can impact, like, your cognitive performance, like your working memory, um, your productivity, your executive functioning skills, all those things that you really need to be productive while you're sitting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about, and, and, like, if you think about it from, like, a very basic, like, I know we're going to talk about, um, like, what is actually happening that leads to this. But if you think about it from, like, a very basic standpoint of, like, if you take a break and you go eat lunch 
somewhere else or you go out to lunch or you go for a walk during lunch or if you work out in the middle of the day or in you know the afternoon or something along those lines like break up your day yeah. by doing something like this that moves your body not just like getting in your car to go run five errands and then coming back to the office well even that sometimes even that helps yeah, yeah. just breaking up the like yeah what you're doing makes you typically like more productive yeah. like you know mentally I function better um I'm I think attention to detail is typically mm -hmm. improved more focused. your focus is better the speed at which I can complete a task also improved if you feel like finding high quality supplements and natural health care products is like looking for a needle in a haystack we've got the solution for you Introducing Fullscript, a leading online platform that allows healthcare professionals like us to offer you a vast selection of professional grade supplements from trusted brands. With Fullscript, you can easily browse and order all your supplements in one place. I first discovered Fullscript when a healthcare practitioner recommended dietary supplements for my daughter. I was amazed at the quality of brands that I had access to on Fullscript, and I loved that I could get supplements for the entire family all on one site. The 20% discount didn't hurt either. Every product on Fullscript meets the highest quality standards, all undergo rigorous testing and are sourced from trusted manufacturers, ensuring safety and efficacy. Click on the Fullscript link in our show notes to get access to the Happy Eating Dispensary. Using this link will give you full access to all supplements available and gets you 20% off on every order. You'll also find recommendations for digestion, immunity, back to school, anti-aging, and women's health as well as the supplements that Briarly and I order on a regular basis. Logically, it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really interesting to now understand like, oh, what's actually happening in my body that this is why yeah. this is the outcome. Yeah. So uh, the reasons, you, insufficient glucose utilization. So you're just, you don't have a need. Your brain doesn't have a need to use what's circulating glucose. in your so blood. It um, leads to hyperglycemia in the brain. Um, altered blood oxygen flow because you have less blood flow. Um, poor arousal because of decreased BDNF. This is a factor, kind of like a hormone-like factor in the brain. And when I, and they say poor arousal, um, in regard to cognitive function, I think they're talking about like focus mm. and attention and attention to detail and that kind of thing. Um, also when you sit levels of cortisol increase in your brain and this is what they associate with fatigue you know how you feel like, like you sit for a long time and you're drowsy yeah it's not focused yeah it's because of um the higher cortisol which also has a negative effect on executive function and skills and then this just poor brain metabolism with the um glucose and everything leads to an increase in free radicals and other compounds which can also increase fatigue and reduce synaptic plasticity and memory basically your words. neurons and the way they transmit signals are not working as good which which actually goes back to the same thing that we were talking about with the blood vessels, like mm -hmm. having that the flexibility. Yes, you're right? right. So it's the same thing, but now we're talking about it in the brain. Yeah. Um, and the the not moving makes everything less flexible. Yeah. You know, I think the real the biggest thing that jumped out to me when it came to brain health and mental health is the glucose. Because I don't know if people some people may not know this, but 
Alzheimer's has been nicknamed um, type 3 diabetes mm-hmm. because they associate higher levels of glucose in the brain with the development of Alzheimer's disease. And they, um, so we know we've already got some hypoglycemia going on when we're sitting for a long period, but prolonged sitting is speculated to also reduce brain activity and the size of the medial temporal lobe, which is where the hippocampus is. Um, but both of these, the reduced brain activity and the size, um, are associated with an increased risk of neurodegenerative disorders in the future. So dementia, but also things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, also, um, the hippocampus is positive associ- positively associated with movement. Mm. and your walking time. Mm-hmm. And Alzheimer's studies have shown that when the hippocampus decreases in size, that's usually that's a, associated with Alzheimer's as well. That's a um, feature that they've seen. Um, that when that there's an inverse relationship between brain thickness of the hippocampus mm-hmm. and the number of hours you sit per day. Mm. Got it. So sit more, smaller brain. Yep. Thank you. Ah! Exactly. Yes. It's kind of nice to be sitting in this chair where like you're going through the research and I just get to listen to it and give like a synthesis. Yes. The reverse is true when I'm going through all the research because my brain doesn't and you are then <laughs> like, okay, let's just, here we go. So there was one, one last study. There was um, a study that they did, I think 2021 and um, they polled people um, in the UK and polled them about their activity, their sitting time, their mental health. This was during COVID when they did it. Um, and researchers found that individuals, most of those polled, were sitting more than eight hours a day. And that even with 150 minutes of moderate to vis- vigorous physical activity weekly, there were still adverse mental health impacts on those people. Okay, so what you're saying is that even though they were meeting the recom- the recommendation for exercise, the the quantity of sitting time was problematic for their mental health. Yes. Huh. And to top it off, the let's say you increase your activity. Yeah. Unless you also decrease sitting time, they right. saw no change in the mental health effects. Wow. I know. And that's what I shared in this story is I was like, okay, I know someone's sitting here reading this thinking like, I work out all the time. This doesn't apply to me. Right. Yes, it does. You still need to, you still don't need to sit for long periods, even if you're very physically active. Yeah. Basically, they're kind of, mm. it's kind of canceling out the effects, the two are. Yeah. Do you think, um, here's a study that I would like them to do. I would like them to do a study of weekend warriors. Not like, but not in the sense of weekend warriors of people who are out there like being crazy active, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's like kind of like what weekend warrior means. But like the, the working parents who have toddlers or babies would be a great group Mm. to study because think about it they're in the office they're sitting a lot of the time yeah 
they come home at night and they've got all their stuff to do with the kids, which we, we all have, right? Yeah. But on the weekends, I can promise you, I sit a lot more now on the weekends than when my kids were little. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm so I'm just I'm just curious, like if you cram it all in on the weekends. Yeah. Does does that, that have an impact? Help? I don't know. You know, it's like binge drinking, but binge activity. <laughs> That's what my mind is going to. Okay. The other thing, though, is that I was really annoyed when I started to read what the research said about what you should do. Yeah. They suggest that what is ideal, ideal. <laughs> you emphasize ideal. Is sitting for four hours or less a day. I'm sorry, like that's not not possible. Maybe if you're a physician, a nurse, a physical laborer, maybe a teacher, maybe a teacher, teacher, a housekeeper, yeah, a restaurant worker, anything on the computer, yeah, it's hard. Okay, so but sitting for less than four hours a day is pretty much impossible to achieve unless you're super active or you have a physically active job, like you just said. Yeah. So. Here are some of the things that I that I found. Um, now we're getting to the good stuff, everybody. So if you just t- tuned out for a minute, yeah, tune back in. So one one group of researchers finally said, "Look, um, well, well, let me jump to the first study. One, several studies say that if you can just get up and move for a few minutes every thirty minutes, that's great." Just get the blood flowing. And it does not have to be vigorous. It can be like a stroll to the mailbox and back. And generally, I found like three to five minutes. Okay. But that's still three to five minutes every 30 minutes. Yeah. I feel like that's hard if you're really trying to stay focused. But I'm going to time my watch the next time. I do feel like my watch makes me move for at least three minutes before it tells me that my move alert has been cleared. Well, they found that when you did that, when you got up every... 30 minutes and did just a few minutes of movement, that that really could offset most of sitting's negative effects. But you have to do it every 30 minutes. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Now, um, but I think the gist that I got was, okay, maybe you can't do it every 30 minutes. Like, do it every 60 or every 90. Yeah. Like, I've been trying to do every 90 since I wrote this because I was just like, I can't get up. Sometimes I can get up every 60, but... For focus, it's sometimes hard. It's sometimes hard. Yeah. 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 Um, they found that in a group of adults with diabetes that breaking up 60-minute blocks of sitting with six minutes of activity was effective at um, deterring some of the glucose and insulin increases that you see with sitting. So really just getting up and moving some. And, you know, I, there are some studies that suggested even like resistance exercise I mean you don't have to get your heart pumping you just want to get blood flowing muscles moving yeah so you can counteract those effects those cardiovascular metabolic effects right you can sit down again right (laughs) I kind of like to throw in like a little stair climb as in like oh I'm gonna go upstairs in my house and turn off all the lights that my kids left on when they went to school this morning or at the office like our coffee maker on our floor is broken so I'm gonna go up a couple flights of stairs to get my coffee up there or maybe I'll just go see if they have the LaCroix flavor that I like yeah you know instead but again 
I'm not doing that. If I did that every 30 minutes, I would get nothing done. I would have to ask for like a health exemption from my boss. Yeah, I know. So these other researchers, though, finally said, because I guess they realized like, yeah, five minutes, three to five minutes every 30 minutes or 60 minutes may be ideal, but that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, we got to give people something that's more realistic. They said start by simply reducing your total sitting time by just 30 minutes a day. That feels way more achievable to uh-huh. me. I uh-huh. could do that. For sure. Yeah. So I have, I tried, some days I try to do like three to five minutes every 90 minutes. It's, it's hard to remember though too. But then I have started like, Twice a day during my work day, I just get up and take like a 10-minute walk outside. That's great. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not every 30 minutes or every hour, but... Yeah, it's twice a day. Like it's better than, than nothing. Yes, absolutely. So, and that's cutting down on my total sitting time by at least 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. So. I, I feel like that is like way more uh, achievable. Although some people might really appreciate a break every 30 to 60 minutes True. because that might work well for their working style. But for you and me, that, I mean, it's more derailing than it is yeah. helpful. Yeah. Well, you know, and I started thinking about all my driving lately because driving Griffin up for school, like I never thought about that in my sitting time. Right. You know? Right. Yes. That's exactly. Two good hours of my day. Until you said the, until you told me that driving counts, which, uh, of course, now that you once you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah," but I don't. I don't think we think of it Mm-mm. because I think of myself being active. Yeah, or not sedentary. Right. Exactly. But you are. Yeah, the car's moving. It's just we're not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My brain is functioning. So this is how you live longer, folks, and also clearly how you keep your mental health in as best condition as you can, or you at least, you know, keep it moving along. Yeah. They did have one, uh, a 2019 study looked at attention, memory, and executive function. And they had two groups, one that sat for five hours straight and one that sat for five hours, but every 30 minutes walked for three minutes on a treadmill. Yeah. The one that took activity breaks had faster reaction times and significant improvements in working memory and executive function. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just getting out over the lunch hour to go do a little movement or just get out. It's like yeah. it has a very positive effect usually on productivity. I agree. I agree. And I, and, and I think that people who don't see that are just short-sighted. <laughs> well, I'm not going to name any so, names. Just focus on cutting back 30 minutes a day. Start there. This was great. This was really, really great. Now, we all feel bad about driving around in our cars, but we all now know some hacks for how to make it better. Yeah. I mean, it, I've struggled with this because since I wrote it, because every time I'm sitting at my computer for long periods, I'm like, I'm so unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the double-edged sword of being in yep. the industry we're in. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carolyn. This was amazing. Super helpful. We will link uh, at least one or two of the studies. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely the article, for sure, in the show notes. Yes. See you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. 
If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.